Welcome to the Doug Peterson Show. Brought to you by Fresh from Florida. J.P. Shadrick and former Jaguar Jeff Lagerman discuss the latest Jaguars news with the head coach. The Doug Peterson Show starts right now. And welcome in. It is the Doug Peterson Show presented by Fresh from Florida from the Hyundai Studios at the Miller Electric Center. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman and head coach Doug Peterson Fresh off the mini-bye, week eight coming up in Pittsburgh, then the full-bye week after that. and Well, well Coach, there's a balance, right, of, of getting guys ready off the mini-bye to play this week against Pittsburgh, but there's a lot of football ahead and important stretch run games after the bye week as well. So the, the balance of getting guys back and then resting guys for the stretch run here. Yeah, and, and, and on top of that, the importance of playing AFC opponents, and, and Pittsburgh is one of those teams, and, and they're 4-2. and two, You know, we're 5-2, and two, so – you know, when you look at the end of the year seedings and things like that, these become these become important games. And um, but you know, yeah, we, it was good to get the buy. We you know mini buy to get some guys healthy. You know, going into this week, uh, may not have everybody back, but but uh, you know we'll get some bodies and and then get the full buy. And hopefully after after that, we uh, we we should be back to full strength. Um, you know, heading into the last uh, eight games or so. I was looking at the records. You know, you guys have obviously won four games in a row. Pittsburgh has won four out of the last five. The last time these two teams met with winning records was back in 2007, which was Tomlin's first year. And you were a high school coach at Calvary Baptist High School in West By God, Virginia. Uh, Louisiana. Is it Louisiana? Louisiana, Shreveport, Louisiana. Yeah, wow. 2007. I had just retired in 04, took the job in 05. Um, 08 was my last year there, so that's a long, long time ago. It's a long time ago. You know, um, were you guys any good, by the way? At we were Baptist? actually pretty good. My last two years, we made it to the state semifinals. Uh, my last two years, uh, just couldn't get over the hump. So, uh, the one thing that eluded me, even when I played high school ball, was the state championship. So I got a, I got a one AA national championship in college, and I got obviously a Super Bowl trophy. The high school one just eluded me, so maybe after well, retirement, go I'll back, go yeah. back to high school. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, one constant in Pittsburgh, obviously, has been over the years, head coaching. It's three head coaches in, what, the last 50 years. Mike Tomlin has been there now seemingly forever. What are some, some constants of Mike Tomlin football teams? You know, I think that's the reason why this this organization and franchises had the stability and, and sustainability and the success that they've had over the – uh, the history of, of the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, and they've they've obviously selected great head coaches, you know, and, and Mike is one of those guys. He, you know, he's he's a players type coach, but he's firm with them. Um, he demands excellence and greatness from them, and the guys respond, and and that's and he's always had a good coaching staff, you know, whether it's offensively or defensively, and they draft well, you know, um, they've had a quarterback usually, mm-hmm. um, you know, on this football team, so you know, there's a lot of things that they do well. And and um, it's been it's been real impressive for me as a, as a head coach to really watch a guy like Coach Tomlin and how he operates and the success he's had there in Pittsburgh. Now you say they they had a quarterback, okay, Ben Roethlisberger forever, okay. Kenny Pickett's quarterback now. He's a young player, and uh, young players typically have growing pains. He's in year two. What does he look like? You know, he he's he's doing some really good things. Um, you know, uh, he he he's getting a nice little relationship there with uh, with George Pickens, number fourteen, and and really, you know, leaning on the run game a little bit. Um, but but you're seeing maturity. You're seeing, um, you know, some things. He 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 is still going to maybe put the ball in harm's way at time at times. But you know, you're starting to see the growth in this quarterback, and and that's 
that's the, I think for them, that's, that's what they want to see. Right. And they want to see each week, just him taking another step in that direction. And, and, um, you know, I liked him coming out of college, uh, still like him as a quarterback. I think he moves well. Uh, he does some things, you know, outside. I think he throws a deep ball uh, really well. He sees the field. That's the one thing too, is he's, he's seeing the field a little bit better this year. And, and, um, you know, the guys around him are playing extremely, uh, extremely hard. And the one part about his game that's been really good has been the end of games. Uh, Pittsburgh has had to climb back late in ball games, and his performance has been able to elevate. That's the part that I think has been the most impressive. It really has. And in this team, I think the last five consecutive, when they've been in one-score games, you know, they've they've either come back and won those games, and 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 have won those games. And so, you know, and he's led those those comebacks, or or at least got him in position to win those games. And you know, that's impressive. Um, I, I, his his QB rating in the fourth quarter is is off the charts you know completing over 70 percent of his throws in the fourth quarter and again that's to me that's a that's a sign of a guy that's heading in the right direction a guy that they can put the offense on on his shoulders and and say hey go win the football game and and uh, he's done that head coach doug peterson with us on the doug peterson show let's flip it around now coach to the jaguars offense and quarterback trevor lawrence of course thursday night in the superdome battled through the left knee injury, wore the brace, was the leading rusher in the game somehow, uh, got the job done again, though, when it mattered on offense. And just the the mindset of the quarterback to play through an injury like that, and then what is the latest with Trevor in the left knee this week? Yeah, you know, the mindset is how how, how well can he block out the, the subtle pain, you know, and, and he did that extremely well, and it didn't bother him. And and um, you know, he, then he had the the couple days off there, and you know he's he's feeling better, and and um, you know he's still been wearing the brace in practice, and and just protecting that knee a little bit, but he's getting stronger and healthier every every day, and and uh, you know I'll, I'll I'll say this, I credit the offensive line for keeping him upright in New Orleans, and other than him scrambling and getting hit that way, you know when he was in the pocket, you know he was able to stay clean, and we've got to do that again this week because this is a really good front. They got two of the top edge pressures probably that we'll see all season for for a combo of guys and you know Highsmith and and Watt and 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 quite frankly the 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 strength of this defense is is the is the front so um, our offensive line has their work cut out for them but but Trevor's in a good place and um, you know we've got to make sure we do do the right thing get the ball out of his hand and, and lean on the run game if the weather's going to be bad now you talk about those edge guys watt and highsmith and i would put herbig into that category of rookie that they've got that's been giving them some pretty good quality snaps and that defense that pittsburgh has much like yours opportunistic doing a good job taking that ball away exactly right you know Watt, i think he's at eight sacks and, and josh our josh is at, at seven you know and there's a there's a nice little little battle going on right there but you're absolutely right both defenses are opportunistic um you know they've they've done. You know Watt had the the interception to start the third quarter last week in L.A. and they score. Um, you know first play of the Cleveland game. You know way back week one they had the the, the tip pass for a pick six. I mean they, it's just a defense that's creating takeaways and and uh, creating short field and and our defense is doing the same thing. So I, I think whoever hangs on to the football and uh, wins the turnover battle could potentially win this football game. Yeah, watching T.J. Watt in that game against the Rams that you're referring to where he had the interceptions, the the amount of attention that Sean McVay paid T.J. Watt was like, wow. I mean, it, it, you got to pay that respect, right? I mean, he's a great player. And putting two or three or sometimes maybe six hands on a guy, sometimes you got to do it, right? You have to. And, and flip it the other way, Pittsburgh, you know, gave Aaron Donald a lot of respect on the other side of the ball, two great defensive players. So 
you know, you have to, you, you have to, you know, maybe spend some resources knowing where number 90 is going to line up. But at the same time, they've, as you mentioned, they've got two other guys that can rush the passer as well. So it's going to take a full effort. Our backs have to be on, on point. Tight ends got to be on point, And we're going to have to help our quarterback get the ball out of his hand. Coach, you talked about uh, the weather in Pittsburgh. It's getting that time of year. It's Halloween weekend coming up, and uh, we know how it can get later in the year in Pittsburgh. That playing surface there, they have college games there as well. There's a lot that can, that can happen. What do you expect with the weather this week, and how can that change really both teams' plans? Yeah, you know, I mean, we're expecting rain. Obviously, it's in the 80 percentile right now as far as rain goes, but uh, temperatures are going to be mild. They'll be in the probably mid mid 60s, and and um, you know, it, listen, we can't we can't worry about that. We got to kind of block that out. We had a rain game last year, and and uh, we didn't do so well. We didn't take care of the football, and and we need to learn from that. Obviously, this year, and and um, you know, do a better job uh, of securing the football. But hopefully, we can create some takeaways, you know, defensively, and uh, create some short fields for our offense. Yeah, earlier in the week, you talked about improving taking care of the football as an offense as a head coach you know you're always looking for improvement in all facets of the game what are some of the things besides protecting the football that you want to see your team improve on because right now they're doing a really good job with the takeaways the penalties are low but what do you want to see better you know, I, I think we're still having those lulls in the football game, right? And, and maybe it's middle of the second quarter or second half where offensively or and defensively, you know, we're just not getting off the field or sustaining drives offensively. And there's those lulls in there. And and so we've got to execute a little bit better there. And, and, and especially if our defense is on the field for eight or nine, ten plays, you know, we offensively we got to make sure that, that, that we can kind of counteract that. And, and whether you score or not, it's a matter of just keeping our defense fresh. But those those moments there, we, we've got to execute better um, in, in those situations. And, and I want to see that, um, you know, improve. I also want to see our special teams like punt return. I want to see ags get going a little bit and, and holding up in some block situations. We had the one miscue against the Saints. It was loud. Missed the communication there. So we got to, it's going to be loud again in Pittsburgh. And, you know, so we got to have great communication there. Uh, but get, get ags going, you know, special teams wise and, and um, try to create some short fields. Your punter can throw too, apparently. We saw that. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> that was a great adjustment. That was, that was interesting. <laughs> that was an interesting play and uh, didn't quite, it, it was executed great, but it wasn't the play we had actually drawn up. So, uh, Credit the guys for making it work. It worked out a first down for sure. What would six and two do for the Jaguars coming out of the bye week with a win this week if they could get that done? It still tells me that we haven't done anything. Um, you know, we're we're heading in the right direction. Obviously, six and two would be nice, but you know, again, this is um, uh, we're playing a great great team. I I think this team is much like us. You know, you're kind of looking at yourself in the mirror, quite honestly, and. And um, but, you know, it give us a lot of confidence going going into the back half of the season and, and uh, going into the bye with that good feeling, you know. Um, but but like I said, it, it, there's a lot of football ahead of us. And, um, you know, we've got to make sure that, that we stay kind of grounded, kind of focused and one week at a time. Coach, great stuff. Good luck to you. We'll talk to you next. All week. right. Thank you. Head coach Doug Peterson with us in 20 minutes. Charles Davis of CBS Sports with us. This is the Doug Peterson show on the Jaguars radio network. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. The Doug Peterson Show presented by Fresh from Florida from the Hyundai Studios at the Miller Electric Center, downtown Jacksonville. The Jaguars and the Steelers coming up. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman. Our thanks to head coach Doug Peterson joining us in the opening segment each and every week. It is his show, the Doug Peterson Show, week eight. 
The Jaguars at 5-2. and two. They've won four consecutive games coming off the mini-bye week. Headed to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers, who are 4-2. and two. And, you know, there's a lot of things that stand out from what um, Coach Peterson just talked about, but let's start on defense for both sides. I mean, both of these defenses take the ball away well, especially the Jaguars, number one in the NFL, 16 takeaways, but the Steelers are no slouch either. No, they've got 12, and I think that's like fourth in the National Football League or fifth, somewhere in that range. I mean, it's it's a great number, and that's one of the reasons why that they have been winning football games. I mean, if you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, their offense is still a major work in progress with a young quarterback, you know, much like the Jaguars were in the first half of the season last year with a second-year quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. And if you look at it from a number standpoint, you know, the, the, the bottom line is is that you can look at, uh, at one statistic to determine outcomes of games, and that's the, the turnover differential in every game as the single most determining factor of winning and losing in the National Football League. The Pittsburgh Steelers have lost two games, and in both of those games, they lost the turnover battle, minus one. In the games that they have won, they have won the turnover battle in every one of those games as well. So I, much like Doug talked about and the question I asked him about protecting the football and, and looking for improvement, this is going to be ultra important this week against a Pittsburgh Steelers team that has been living off of the takeaway to get the wins. The Jaguars have been able to win without having won the turnover battle all the time, much like they did this past game against the Saints where they were actually uh, minus one in turnover differential, I believe. So they've got to do a good job, especially if the weather conditions are going to be what they could be. Jaguars have 10 giveaways this year, seven of those fumbles this season. Yeah, I need need to make that number better, and that's – one of the things that yeah. Doug had talked about earlier in the year. And much like the emphasis that you put on it from a defensive standpoint about getting them, it's the same thing you put the emphasis on it on an offensive side. It's just to to make the emphasis there to make sure that they're protecting the football and everything like that. You know, I, I'm sure that uh, I mean, if you think about it, when's the last time this Jaguars team played in an inclement weather game? I mean, it'd have to be What's the, the Eagles, game that comes to mind? It had to be the Eagles game last year. The Eagles year. game I mean, last year. That's what Doug just said. So, I mean, it right? makes, I don't remember any other one and, that bad. And that's uh, that's the game, you know. So sloppy. Uh, you want to make sure you protect the ball, especially if the conditions are what they could be. I don't remember one like that late in the year last year. Some cold games. I don't but think it wasn't, so. Yeah, I think that was really the only game that, that had really kind of iffy weather conditions. Yeah. And, and it looks like it could be that way in Pittsburgh, you know, with rain. Uh, put in the 80 to 90% range for, for kickoff for, throughout the day on Sunday. And you know what? That's for both teams, though. I mean, it's not just the Jaguars right. having to deal with it. I, 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 look, I, I believe the Jaguars have an advantage in, in bad weather this week. Well, why is that? Well, first of all, the Pittsburgh Steelers are not running the ball very well. Okay? That's, they're ranked very low in that category. They're throwing the ball at a much higher percentage than they are running the ball, which is kind of anti-Pittsburgh Steelers. That's strange, yeah. And defensively, the calling card of the Pittsburgh Steelers has always been dominant against the run. Steel curtain, right? Well, I'm not saying that they can't be good because they can be good in any particular game, but right now their ranking against the run is not great. I mean, it's like, you know, bottom bottom four teams in the National Football League. Uh so, I mean, right now I would say, and I think the Jaguars run the ball way better than the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I, I, and the Jaguars' run defense is stifling. Yes. 
So in inclement weather, you'd like to run the ball, protect the ball. I, I think the advantage would go to the Jaguars. Jags fans want customized Jaguars furniture for your home? Check out ZipChair.com and browse all customizable options. ZipChair furniture for fans. And we will get into this Jaguars defense and the matchup against the Steelers offense and what they have to offer for the Steelers. A lot of new personnel over the last couple years. A little different world now in Pittsburgh. We'll get to that coming up. This is the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. The Doug Peterson Show presented by Fresh from Florida. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, Jaguars Steelers coming up Sunday at the Confluence in Pittsburgh. Acrisure Stadium. It's not called Heinz Field anymore? No, it's Acrisure Stadium. <laughs> Heinz backed out, I guess. Three Rivers? No, no. Well, the three rivers converged at yeah, the Confluence. That's right. Yeah. It's a little different. Can you name the rivers? Uh, no, I cannot. No? All I know is that there's three. Um, Monongahela. Which comes together to join. Allegheny. Okay, which forms the? Ohio. Exactly. So You'd, it's really not three rivers. Well, those are literally three rivers. It's two that are making one. Well, if it was three rivers, like it would just make a big lake. <laughs> if they were all flowing to the same place, right? Okay. I mean, I was a geography minor, okay? It's been a long time. At Alabama. Yeah, that should tell you something about it. <laughs> hey, Jaguars defense. I mean, they've really played well this year overall. They have kept this team in some of these games and in big moments made plays. that We talked about the takeaways, yes. They're stopping the run, yes. What's the matchup with the Steelers offense? Let's start in the trenches because we're used to the Steelers pounding the ball, big offensive line, guys that can really move it. What's up on the offensive line in Pittsburgh? They're they're not they're not at the standard that they had for for a number of years where they were pretty good. I, I think it's a, an offensive line that's still trying to be built, and they put some draft capital into that this past year with Spencer Anderson, a seventh round pick, and then the first round pick tackle Broderick Jones from Georgia, who uh, has uh, I think he's got one start this year, uh, but they have been keeping him as a backup so far. But it, it's it's an okay group. Um, the the one thing I think that look if you if you have been listening and following the Pittsburgh Steelers this year, the Pittsburgh Steelers fans are not not enthralled with the offensive coordinator. I mean, they are they're just not. I mean, Matt Canada has been under a lot of duress, a lot of criticism all year long, and for a lot of different reasons, the Pittsburgh Steelers under his guidance, haven't really had a dynamic offense. And part of that, I think, is personnel. And part of that is, look, there's no more Ben Roethlisberger and Heinz Ward and, and all these other great players. It's, it's, it's kind of an offense in transition. But nonetheless, he's been receiving a lot of criticism. The offensive line is, like I said, is not great. The running back, Najee Harris, I liked him coming out. Yeah. But, JP, who would you rather have, Najee Harris or ETN? Well, right now, ETN's playing much better. Yes. He's got home run speed. Absolutely. Okay. Harris does not. 
Harris is what six one two forty. He's a big guy. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's big. a big kind of physical back. And when he came out, he was that type. If he's in space, he can jump over you or go around or over you. Like there's there was all that coming out of. Yeah, you know, but I think the one thing that was that's always was a question on him was his speed. There was never a debate on ETN speed. I mean, ETN. Everybody knew yeah. that ETN had the speed to go the distance every time he touches the ball. Yeah. Harris doesn't have that. When you watch him, he's physical, but he doesn't scare me. I, he doesn't make me hold my breath. I don't see a guy that can hit a crease like Travis can and then all of a sudden be 60 yards down the field dancing in the end zone. I, I don't see that out of Najee Harris. Uh, they're tight end. Again, as, uh, Frymuth has been injured, so that takes away from it. So I don't I don't worry about the Pittsburgh Steelers running game against this Jaguars defense. I feel very confident in that matchup. The matchup that I worry about is those two wide receivers, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. Those are the guys that with the Jaguars cornerback situation with Tyson Campbell still a question mark. Could he play? Could he not play? Still got a young player in Monteric Brown out there. How do they handle that? Najee Harris, 24th overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft to the Steelers, 25th overall pick to the Jaguars, Travis Etienne Jr. You think that Travis Etienne might have might have made a note of that? Steelers passed me up for Najee Harris. Note to self. When playing Steelers, show them what they are missing. Exclamation point. Back in a moment, we'll flip it around. Jaguars' uh, offense, what can they get done against the Steelers group, especially T.J. Watt at outside linebacker. And a little bit later, about uh, 10 minutes away from Charles Davis of CBS Sports, this is Doug Peterson show on the Jaguars radio network. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson show continues right now. The Doug Peterson Show presented by Fresh from Florida. Our thanks to the Jaguars head coach in studio with us in the opening segment tonight. We're on at 5 o'clock on the Jaguars radio network each and every Thursday, at least when there's a game. We will not have one next week. It's the bye week next week. Fantastic. How about that? I'm looking forward to it. I have a feeling you'll be in a deer stand somewhere. I might be. I might be. I will be enjoying the great outdoors somewhere. (laughs) I think so. Hey, the uh, Jaguars offense, uh, Trevor Lawrence playing through the knee issue. He still has the brace on the left knee. He said he's going to wear it for a little while. Which I think is smart, by the way. Um, just a quick comment on that. Um, a quarterback, a right-handed quarterback's left knee is typically the one that's exposed the most. So and I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea for him to always wear a knee brace on that left knee going forward just to help add protection to that leg that when you are transferring your weight, okay, in, in a throwing motion to that front leg, that's the one that's susceptible to getting hit a lot of times. And so if you go back and you look at some of the quarterbacks in the past, a lot of them have worn a knee brace to help protect that forward, forward leg. That's one item to keep an eye on, of course. Uh, Travis Etienne has three straight games with two rushing touchdowns. First Jaguar to ever do that. And if he does it again, I think the last player to do it in four straight games was LaDainian Tomlinson a number of years ago. He's pretty good, by the way. Yeah. So Etienne is reaching 
uh, some milestones and playing really well overall. Hmm. Hmm. Who, um, do you, who do you think the Pittsburgh Steelers would like to redraft? Well, that that's we've we've gone through that. I know, um, just wanted to bring it up again because you're mentioning the numbers. Zay, just, just saying, Zay Jones has not practiced this week. That's not a good issue. trend. So uh, the story. Kind of last week was where's Calvin Ridley? What's up with Calvin Ridley? How did they cover Ridley last week? One catch. And is that something they can grow out of and continue to build upon? Well, he he had one catch, okay? And and if you look at the numbers, Kirk had, you know, the six touches for 90, Evan Ingram five for 45. Tim Jones even had more than Calvin Ridley. He had two catches for 17 yards. But I will say that the Saints were given plenty of attention to Calvin Ridley. And so some of the other guys were able to benefit from, from that attention. They were doubling him a little bit. And that's going to happen. I mean, when you've got uh, a top receiver, teams are going to look at trying to find a way to limit his effectiveness. And that's what teams are doing. Uh, are they looking at doubling Zay Jones when he's out there? Not necessarily. Are they looking at doubling Evan Ingram? No, not necessarily. But they're they're playing some bracket stuff on Calvin. They're playing some occasional bracket stuff on on Christian Kirk as well, and uh, and that's just part of it. Now I think part of it also is that when the more that Calvin Ridley is in this offense and the more opportunities he gets to continue to build the relationship with Trevor, the better that's going to get. You know, and this week who knows? I mean, just like last year, Calvin would have, or excuse me, not Calvin, Kirk would have a big game. And then Zay would have a big game. And then Evan would have a big game. You know what? And maybe this week it's going to be Calvin's turn. You know? So, I mean, you just don't know. And that's the beauty, I think, of a Press Taylor-Doug Peterson offense is that they don't have to necessarily depend on one guy to get the production. They depend on the system to, to dictate which guy is going to get the production. And that's sometimes the, the, the best system to have is one that – allows the quarterback to throw the ball to the open guy instead of going, okay, there's my guy, and i got to force it to him. It's the Doug Peterson Show, J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman. And, uh, Jeff, we're going to have you design the offensive plan for T.J. Watt on the other side. How do you handle one of the best defenders in the National Football League this week? You want to know? I do want to know. That's why I asked. Okay, number one, okay, ETN, okay, number four, Tank Bigsby, mm-hmm. okay, and number 25, Dearness Johnson. Okay, those have been three running backs that have been active lately. Okay, Jamichael Hasty has been a, a hot minute. Yep. Okay, when, when they are in the backfield on their way out, okay, because Anton Harrison is going to get the primary assignment of blocking 90, they've got to put a helmet right in the rib cage of 90. Okay, the tight end's got to chip him on the way out. You've got to put some attention on him, okay? And, I mean, when you put attention on him, make him feel it so that the next time when he sees a flash of white or teal, whichever jersey we're wearing, I haven't seen that yet, okay, whatever color that is going to be, that the first thing that he's thinking about is is that I'm going to get a helmet in my ribs again. White jerseys, teal pants. Cool. Yeah. But I want him to think that. Yeah. And so you, you, you try to establish that early by cutting him, by putting a running back into his rib cage, which is called a chip. And in some cases, it's called a chunk, which means that you're not just trying to get a chip, you're trying to get a chunk <laughs> of him on the way out. Okay? I think you've got to do that. 
Be something to watch for sure because he but, can wreck a game for you. The other guy's pretty good too now, Highsmith. Yeah. So which side do you you, you focus on? What or you focus on the other side? Well, uh, if you're if you're chunking on one side, you're sliding to the other side. Okay, so that helps Cam a little bit. Okay. Uh, but Highsmith is a good football player too. I mean, the guy had fourteen and a half sacks last year. He's good, and it's interesting too. Like I said earlier. They take they they've been flopping the linebackers actually while the offense is getting lined up so that it's hard for the offense to get a bead on on where ninety's going to be at and they did that against the Rams will will that continue this week against the Jaguars I don't know but I, but I will say that the Pittsburgh Steelers I'm sure went and watched the film of the Kansas City Chiefs game and saw that they didn't provide any help to Anton Harrison when Chris Jones was lined up out there. And I'm sure that they're going to sit there and go, oh, we hope we get that. You know what helps? Running the football, too. Well, always. Don't let those guys get geared yeah, always. up. Always. Always. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot better and a lot easier to protect the passer when it's third and two or three as opposed to third and eight, uh, yeah. third and seven, third and 11. And that obviously plays a big part in it. And consistency on offense, you know, and not having negative plays, not having mistakes, penalties or whatever, which, by the way, the Jaguars have been doing a great job with the penalty situation. I think they're the number one team in the league at penalties per game with the fewest, which is awesome. They're like third in the league in uh, total penalties, fewest penalties. Like, they're, they're really, really strong. Yeah, but per Steelers game, are too, by the way. Steelers have not been penalized much. Yeah, I, I wrote it down because the uh, fewest penalties in the National Football League – Per game, yeah. the Jaguars number one because some teams have had some bye weeks, etc. So uh, that's a that's a great number and uh, and the fewest yards per game. Uh, the average per game is four point seven. The yards on the penalties thirty six yards per game. That I mean that's how you play winning football. We'll return in a moment. And Charles Davis, analyst for CBS Sports, has the call this week of the Jaguars-Steelers matchup. We'll hear from him next. It's the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. Doug Peterson Show presented by Fresh from Florida. J.P. Shadrick with you. More Jeff Lagerman coming up shortly. Charles Davis is the analyst for CBS Sports this week, working with Ian Eagle. Caught up with Davis earlier in the week and plenty to discuss about the Jaguars in 2023, including quarterback Trevor Lawrence's performance on one good knee last Thursday night. Quarterbacks, just by being quarterbacks, sometimes get that, oh, how tough are they type of a deal. I'm old enough to remember when quarterbacks were a lot tougher than people ever gave them credit for, because you and I both know if we punch up the NFL films on YouTube or whatever right now and watch what a quarterback at what a quarterback went through getting hit in the pocket in the 1980s and the 90s versus now, and there were no flags, a referee would come by and go, "You okay? You getting up?" That was it. I mean, you darn near took a two-by-four and hit those guys. And back then, those quarterbacks were of a certain size, right, of a certain dimension. Think about those quarterbacks of those days, Marino, Jim Kelly, Boomer Esiason, Phil Simms. 
Jim McMahon. Now McMahon, he he, he took a lot of hits, but he always pl- he would play through when he could. Mm-hmm. But he ended up missing it. A lot of those guys didn't miss games. <laughs> they they dragged themselves back. Steve McNair's toughness is legendary. Now what those hits are now flags, <laughs> suspensions, fines, all of those things. So it's a little bit different as we're going. Trevor Lawrence looks like an old school quarterback in dimensions. He looks like a new school quarterback when the hair flows out of the helmet and he takes his helmet off and everybody goes, my God, look at him. He, you know, he looks, he looks like the, you know, your next door pretty guy, but his ability to play through things and toughness, what he did Thursday night in new Orleans, that's where all the memes of that's my quarterback actually apply in a positive manner. Cause now you can rally around that quarterback, your team, We'll rally around you. Your defense will go, look at our quarterback. We can play for him, not just your offense. The rest of the team just goes, my goodness, we got a tough guy quarterback. And, and JP, you know, you've been around this league. Any team that has a tough guy quarterback is well ahead of the game because the rest of the team will buy in on you now. Charles Davis with us, CBS Sports. You know, this this offense really hasn't had its full arsenal a lot this season. Zay Jones has missed four games, and he's had to come out of two others with his knee issue, so he's really only finished one game this year. When he's out there, that kind of changes the whole coverage idea for defenses, and then the running game can get involved. Travis Etienne stepped in and scored two touchdowns and now three straight games, the first Jaguar to ever do that. But when they're at full strength, and you've seen them this year, what can they be? And they I don't think they've touched that ultimate Jaguar offense production that they're hoping for this year. No, I think that they can be the type of team that has answers for whatever you throw at them. Okay, you want to pressure Trevor Lawrence? I think he handles blitz as well and will step up in the pressure and can get rid of it quickly to people, right? He has people to do that. You want to give him time and drop back? He'll survey the field and have the patience and take the check downs when necessary to keep it going. What's the expression all the quarterbacks do use? You never go broke taking a profit, right? Okay, so I can speak a little quarterback myself, all right? The running game with ETN. I think the offensive line is starting to really develop their own identity because last time we saw you, JP, you're getting ready for a game with Kansas city and you had offensive linemen who were really dinged up and we weren't sure they could go. Every one of them went in that game. So that tells me something about that offensive line. Now you got cam Robinson back. Didn't have him last time we saw you. I'm not sure about Walker little and his ability to play left guard yet. We shall see, but Tyler Shatley, he's like, Hey, anytime you want me to play, I'm here for it. Fortner, Sheriff, and I really think Antoine Harrison's come along nicely as a rookie at right tackle. I think they're starting to take on some tough guy, you know, vibes of their own, but I do think that they have the mobility to move in the run game when you want them to. They will take care of their quarterback. As I said before, whatever you want to throw at them, I feel like this offense is starting to develop the idea that we've got answers for it. You want to let us run it, we'll run it. You want to let us throw it, we'll throw it whatever fashion that that may be. The Pittsburgh Steelers have won two in a row now. Are they back? Are they on track? Are they, uh, they were a little underachieving early in the season. What are they now? I think back is too strong. Are they on better course? Absolutely. Their issue to me is nothing that's new, nothing that I'm going to identify that you haven't either read, seen, heard, their, ability, their inability to start faster on offense is the puzzler for them. Kenny Pickett does a wonderful job as their quarterback down the stretch, and he's won some big games in the fourth quarter, going back to Baltimore on a Sunday night as a rookie, going back to Baltimore this year 
earlier this season, going back last week to Los Angeles and taking on the Rams on the road. I think it's the first time they won out on the West Coast in 10 and 10 tries or something like that. But you can't live like that. That is not a 17-game winning formula. Tim Tebow did that well for the Broncos and went to the playoffs, even threw a touchdown pass to, to Bebe, right, <laughs> to Demarius Thomas on a beautiful throw against Pittsburgh in the playoffs. But is that sustainable where your defense has to hang in there every week? You can be 5 of 17 going into the fourth quarter and snap it together and win. It is not sustainable. Kenny Pickett knows it. Pittsburgh knows it. I think they asked Mike Tomlin about, hey, are, do you ever dream about him in consistency? He said every day. But he loves Kenny Pickett. He knows that he can get there. Getting Deontay Johnson back at receiver will help them do that. But they've got to find a way to play better earlier and take some of the pressure off of their defense, which continues to be what Pittsburgh always has, an excellent defense. It's Charles Davis of CBS Sports. He'll have the call as the analyst on Sunday in Pittsburgh. The full conversation available coming up this weekend on the official Jaguars podcast network and jaguars.com. We'll return with sound from George Pickens in the locker room throwing shade to the Jags defense. Mm. Hot off the presses. Bolton board. It's the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars radio network. No personal connection. George, why has uh, Jacksonville been susceptible for uh, the pass? I mean, they, I think they have one of the worst pass defense, especially the last three games. I think they're last. Yeah, uh, I think their D-line, they depend on their D-line a lot. Uh, with their team, you know, having a lot of first-round guys on uh, that D-line, that's what they depend on a lot. And they kind of, you know, hope, you know what I mean, hope the guys hold up long enough, hope. So it's kind of a hope defense for sure. All right, George Pickens, uh, Jag- uh, the Steelers wide receiver in the locker room today, that courtesy of Brian Batko of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette on X earlier. Welcome back to the Doug Peterson Show, presented by Fresh from Florida. Well, the Jaguars do have the 31st-ranked passing defense by yardage per game in the NFL, 17th in yards per play. Um, but th- that's not quite I – don't, I don't think what – they need the Jaguars' defense to have on their bulletin board downstairs here at the Miller Electric Center right now. Any kind of chip on those guys' shoulders, look out. Right? That's a that's the that's great. I mean, look, it's awesome. A hope defense. What do you I, think I he means? It. I love it. I mean, that's exactly what you want to have if uh, if you're wearing the teal. Get give me motive. Give me extra motivation. You're already motivated, but okay, all right. The, their best player right now which is him. He's averaging over 18 yards a catch. He's yeah. a second-year receiver out of Georgia that's going to be super good when the quarterback even gets better. But for him to say that is extra motivation for every Jaguar defender. Every Jaguar player is going to be talking smack to him now when he starts getting beat up or when he goes across the middle and his arms don't quite extend mm. out like they should. A hope defense. I've never heard that term before. It's wow. interesting. I, I, I've never heard that term either, but I can guarantee you one thing. There's a lot of creative minds that play on this Jaguars defense, and they will find a way to use the word hope and some kind of dig at him as they're beating him up. I like that. A little, a little salty here. Heck, yeah, bring yeah. it on, man. You want to talk a little smack for the game about hope? Okay, come on. I hope you can make it through the game. 
<laughs> wow. Okay. I hope you don't get smashed when you go across the middle. Mm. You know? I mean, it's a beautiful thing. If I, if I, seriously, that, that's, that's like awesome. Oh, the Jaguars are a hope defense. They awesome. Hope things happen. They hope they hold up. They hope they. I hope Cisco's wow. got something for him. <laughs> I hope he does. I hope Rayshon's got something for I'm him. I'm sure he probably will, knowing Ray. I hope Darius has got a little something for him. I think all of the above. I hope Monteric's got a little little, little buster for him. Buster going to bust him up. I hope to go in the locker room tomorrow and ask about it. Mm. How about that? I think they, they will give you the the company line. We're, hey, look, we're just, we'll we're just going to play hard. You know, we're not worrying about that. And then after the game, you'll get the truth. Oh, yeah. That's how it works always. After the game, you win, you'll get the truth. <sighs> I love it, though. It's like the old days, man, the old uh, rivalry stuff. It's what you call keeping receipts. Then <laughs> Trevor Lawrence talked about that this week with a hashtag analyst thing that he tweeted out or put out on X, posted the other day. And Why not? You know what? Yeah, he said, yeah, I do keep receipts. Yeah. Not as many as some others, but we remember some of this stuff. We read all this. Th- you know, we, we are all on the internet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're keeping track. All going right. Don't come back in December when we're winning games. Now, there's uh, there's the old saying that you just you, you don't let the the week leading up to the game give the opponent anything that is bulletin board worthy material. Okay, and George Pickens just violated that. He violated it. And it's a very apparent that he doesn't know anything about the Jaguars' defense because he's saying it's, it's, it's based on hope, like the front is the only thing that's good. Look, I'm here to tell you, okay, Mr. George Pickens, okay, and this is not my ranking, but there are quite a few Jaguar defensive backs that are considered Pro Bowl caliber worthy players right now. That's not hope. Okay, that's that's fact. Okay, Cisco, three interceptions, second in the National Football League. Darius Williams, number three rated corner by PFF. Number three rated corner by PFF. Tyson Campbell, when he's healthy, one of the best corners in the league. Okay, what do you – and one of the most physical safeties in Rayshon Jenkins. Yep. I hope you don't get into Rayshon's neighborhood. Number two is going to light him up. Bootleggers, get ready. Luke Combs is bringing two nights of the Growing Up and Getting Old Tour to Everbank Stadium, May 3rd and 4th, with different special guests each night. Tickets on sale now. For more info, visit everbankstadium.com. Our final thoughts and a preview of Jaguars All Access TV coming up next is the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. The Doug Peterson Show presented by Fresh from Florida. Final moments. The Jaguars and the Steelers coming up Sunday, 1 o'clock kickoff time. We're on the air in Jacksonville. On our flagship station, 1010XL and 92.5 FM with the Public Stillgate Show. That's at 10 a.m. Then at 12 noon, it's countdown to kickoff here on the Jaguars Radio Network. We'll uh, take you right up to the 102 toe meeting leather time at the Confluence. And, uh, hey, it's a big ball game for this Jaguars team. Coming up tonight, big TV show here in Jacksonville. Jaguars All Access, Strings Sports Brewery yes. in Springfield. Who you got? I got Evan Ingram. Martin O and Kai uh, should be a good showing tonight. 
Jaguars on a roll, four games in a row. And uh, looking forward to seeing seeing all the fans turn out tonight and looking forward to feeling that energy. Evan's really good, man. Really good oh, at that good. stuff. And uh, obviously is signed back with the Jags this season and extended and uh, a great addition to this organization. Last year played big, obviously, career year. And he's a big piece of what they're doing right now, certainly. He is, uh, first of all, really good football player, which that's okay, priority number that's one. Number yes. one, okay, good that. football player. Yeah. And he is a, is a really good fit for this offense. And from talking to m- multiple defensive coordinators this year, when they start talking about the Jaguars' offense, he's one of the first things that comes up just because he presents a lot of matchup issues for defensive coordinators. Do you play him with a linebacker? Do you play him with a corner? Do you play him with a safety? And teams have tried all of the above, but yet Evan still continues to be a major factor And what was also impressive is how unselfish he is as a player, a total team player. Logs have a string music for me over there at Strings tonight. Thank you. Uh, That's Jeff Lagerman. Thanks to our entire crew, Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber, Andrea Curry, Nick Cortez, William Pease, Kate Waskey. Thanks to you for listening and watching. It's the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network.